All right, Mickey here with an advert for BetterHelp Therapy Online. You all right? Such a small question and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression and while over time and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal, and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, innit? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. They were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to Flicking. I am joined, as usual, by Yosra Osman. Yosra, hello. Hello. <laughs> she's she's quite low-key, but maybe, <laughs> maybe she'll get more fury as we go on. I'm not sure. You wait until we get started. <laughs> <laughs> she's warming up. She's vibing. And unusually by the lovely Jen Offord. Hello, I'm back. She's back. I'm back for flipping purposes. Thank you. She's somehow managing to squeeze in watching a film as well as raising a child. Incredible scenes. Unbelievable. Yosra, it was your turn at the helm this month. What did you have us watching? So for this month's flicking, I chose Mommy, which is a Canadian film by the director Xavier Dolan, who annoyingly was 25 when he directed this film, Mm -hmm. which always makes me feel amazed, but also very, very jealous, like I've achieved nothing. Anyway, the the premise of the film, it, it stars... Anne Dolan as the character Diane, or it's shortened to Di often, who um, is a mother looking after her 15-year-old son, Steve. 
Steve is quite unpredictable in terms of he can be very abusive or he can be very violent sometimes. And it's about their relationship and how she really doesn't want him to be institutionalised. And it's set in a sort of fictionalised Canada where there is this new law called the S14 law, which says that any parent who has a, a child who has maybe suffering from physical or mental health issues or is in an abusive environment can be admitted to a hospital to be looked after. So that sort of hangs like a dark cloud over the whole film. It also has a character called Kyla, who is the neighbour of Steve and Di, who comes into their lives. And Kyla has her own experiences. She has a speech impediment. She had a, a very difficult situation a couple of years ago. And it really centres around these three characters. I chose it because I think it's an absolutely incredible film. It is an emotional roller coaster. It will punch you in the gut. But it, I, I just really like how it can be outrageous at one time, then super emotional and darkly funny. Um, and I, I saw it in the cinema about five, six years ago now when it first came out. And I left, and it was one of those films that just stayed with me for ages and ages and ages and had me thinking about all these different characters and their situations and what I would do if I was in that situation so props to Xavier Dolan props to the cast who I think are fantastic it's still one of my top films that I've I've ever seen really so I'm excited to hear what what you both think I have a question before we kick in with opinion. Mm -hmm. It's quite formally inventive in that the screen mm -hmm. is mostly a square rather than what mm -hmm. we're used to seeing. There are a couple of times where the mood lifts and there's hope and the screen actually widens to bring in that optimism but then quickly retracts back to being just a square. And it is, I think, we're supposed to feel as trapped as Di and as Steve and as Kyla. What was that like in the cinema, though? It's a shame I actually watched the film again this week on my little iPad, which wasn't great compared to when I saw it in the cinema. So rightly, as you said, the film is shot in a per perfect square, one-one aspect ratio, which is really unusual for a film. Xavier Dolan, he said when he filmed it, he wanted it so that he could be quite intimate with the characters and so that the frame is uninterrupted when you're looking at the close-ups of the characters' faces. Um, and, and that is amazing but the, the moments that you mentioned where just for a brief period the aspect ratio changes and widens when you watch that in the cinema it has such an effect so the bit there's a bit in particular where Steve he's got his headphones on and he's listening and he's listening to Wonderwall and he with his hands he sort of pulls the aspect ratio out mm -hmm. um and I sort of thought, I can't believe I'm getting hyped about aspect ratio right now because <laughs> in the cinema, I sat there like, whoa, that's amazing. Just that one little bit. Um, so it, it, it's really effective. But I hope that you managed to sort of get a feeling for that. However, you watched it, hopefully not on a tiny little iPad. I watched it on my laptop. And actually that feeling of it happens once for Steve during Wonderwall where he is mum and Kyla are just sort of hooning about on skateboards and bikes and stuff and it's it's his world opening up that opportunity that he feels he's maybe been denied or it looks like he's going to be denied and it happens again but it happens to Diane when she's daydreaming about possibilities that aren't really going to happen and that dream opens up her world as to what life could be like if Steve wasn't an absolute horror um, but and yeah, I think 
they're really effective that sequence is one of my favorite ever scenes in a film of all time the scene where diane is thinking about what life could have been um with the music of ludovica arnardi in the background it's just gorgeous but yeah den what do you think can i ask a question yeah the law that they talk about where which enables people to put their children in in hospital basically that's made up is it yeah yes I actually thought that that was a real law from the uh, opening sequence. So, and as uh, a mother, were you hopeful that it was a real law? <laughs> well, we don't know how she's going to end up, so you know, so it's good to have a backup plan, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty harrowing, wasn't it? Um, basically, <laughs> yeah, I thought the performances were were amazing, really, really good. Uh, I'm I'm amazed that he was. I knew that the director was a guy, but I'm amazed that he was 25 as well, because I do think that, I don't know, maybe a lot of it's in the writing, maybe a lot of it's in the performance, but I do think that he really um, seems to understand, you know, like a, like a mother particularly, not just a parent, but specifically a, a mother's kind of emotional journey, I guess. So, yeah, I'm quite surprised that it was uh, it's such a young man that got that performance mm-hmm. out of her. I think he'd worked with her before, hadn't he? I think he might have, and he he's definitely worked with Steve before as well. I think he directed Steve in a music video. He's not really called Steve, just to say that. Sorry, he's called why am I saying Antoine Steve? Olivier Pilon. <laughs> I look, are you mates exactly. with him? I call him Steve. Yeah, just Steve. No, I, I don't know why I said that, but yes. Um, Antoine Olivier Pilon, yeah, so he'd worked with him on a music video and actually got the inspiration there for the film, along with listening to um, that Ludovico Ainardi song, Experience. He was listening to it one day and he thought, when he was listening to it, he kind of just imagined a mother sort of fantasizing about what life could be like her son when reality is very different um dolan is is quite it's quite normal for him to direct films around mother-son relationships so that was where the inspiration for the film actually came from and he wrote the story around it oh did he write it as well yes oh right okay well that is really that is really fascinating um although i suppose you know he's someone's son so that's you know he does have some experience in in that department hopefully not exactly the same experience as Steve and Diane but um I think he'd worked on another film called something like and and there seems to be a bit of a theme here as you say I think it's something like I killed my mother (laughs) yeah that's the one that was his first film yeah with I think that was with Diane and Kyla as well I think sorry they do have names as well (laughs) and and Dorval and Suzanne Suzanne Clement yeah 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 uh, I also like to call them Kyla and Di you know Um, (laughs) have you all been hanging out without me I feel really left out (laughs) yeah I thought it was really really powerful the performances are amazing I, I just think everyone in it is is fantastic absolutely yeah I mean, talk about incredible roles for women. There's two there to really get their teeth into and they don't disappoint. I think both Suzanne Clement and Anderval are just, particularly Dorval, when she's on the screen, you can't look anywhere else. Even when mm. she's on the screen with uh, Yosra's mate, Steve, uh, she she <laughs> absolutely is the one who I was drawn to. And their arguments, because it is incredibly volatile, their relationship you can see why they're both hot-headed no wonder she's got a hot-headed son because she is like touch paper but yeah I thought she was absolutely magnificent I thought your word harrowing Jen is interesting because I found bits of it quite funny I thought it was quite darkly funny 
but uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable the whole way through. It was a hard watch, I thought. it was. It's very intense, and of course, that aspect ratio just makes it even more intense. Thanks, Dolan. We needed a bit more intensity. <laughs> and that, that scene, which was my favourite to yours, where, where Diane's getting to dream about what her life could be as well. I do love that throughout that scene, Steve gets older and she doesn't, which, you know, every woman's dream. <laughs> but because that screen has widened and you know it's not actually happening it's just her make-believing there's that impending sense of doom that this is only mm. gonna go badly uh spoiler alert it it very much does for for yeah. steve maybe not so much for diane when i saw it at the cinema the whole cinema was in floods of tears during that particular scene you could hear the loud sobbing from some people and my poor friend who was sat next to me watching it with me she thought it was real I was like how, how did you think that sequence was real so when the the punch in the gut comes very shortly after she was absolutely devastated but the film is very you know I think harrowing is is quite a good word for it but it's it's challenging you know there are some scenes as you say Mickey which are so uncomfortable and the language that I mean, Steve's hurling at his mother, but also at people. It's it's racist, it's sexist, it's homophobic. It's really uncomfortable to listen to, as well as watching those scenes where it does get quite violent. I think that's all put in there by Dolan to really challenge you and to really give you that sense of intensity. And it, it kind of leads you to thinking with what happens later in the film, you know, what would you do in that situation? It's so hard, isn't it? Because we, you know, three of us are chatting now. We've all been teenagers. That's how you get to be an adult. And it's a, it's a, a frankly upsetting, disturbing, upside down period of transition that that lasts for a long, long time. And then, I guess, in order to cope the way our brains do, you kind of like men in black that, and you don't really remember the ins and outs of how hard it was to be a teenager. But I look back. And I wasn't a, a massive rebel or anything. I could be a dick. I can still be a dick. It's being a teenager. It's being a human. But I just like quite often just want to throw my mum up and go, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> yeah. if you look at how Steve's character is, and when he does phone her and, and he, he is saying he's sorry, I do think he means it. But then it, and mm-hmm. he, he does it a few times throughout, but then it just, his personality, his trying to work out who he is, takes over. And that's forgotten again. Does he not have sort of mental health problems? He's got ADHD. Yeah, with a sort of like violent tendency related to it, I think. Mm. I don't think it's just that he's a cock. I think that he does have some issues, right? That's that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, there's a bit where he says his grandmother described him as rough. And he is yeah. he is rough. So it's clearly been from a, a young age and then sort of exacerbated by the fact that his dad dies when he's yeah. like 12. But it sounds like he's always been a struggle. There's always been issues and he's not that keen on taking his medication. Mm. Mm. And I think also thinking about um, Steve as a character, and this is, I think, really, really down to Antoine Olivier Pilon's performance, but there are moments where he's so charming and, yeah. you know, he's lovely it's it's a mixture of performances at one one moment he's really violent and abusive and you can see it in his face and then another time he's just so lovely to his mom and buying her gifts and and you can tell that that you can see why um die is faced with this this major struggle in terms of well, how how do i deal with my son um 
And then there are scenes where they're both just hurling swear words and abuse at each other. You know, like you said, Mickey, she's just as hot headed as he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, there's a whole lot to think about there. Yeah, I mean, she's not the most likable character, is she? I don't, I don't think she's, uh, and I don't think she needs to be a likable character, um, obviously. But yeah, I don't, I don't find her the most. Obviously, you have sympathy for her because she's in a very difficult situation, and she's obviously got her own stuff going on. You know, like she's lost her husband as well, and and uh, and obviously it's very, very challenging looking after Steve. But yeah, she's not like the most warm and and friendly and 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 likable person herself. No, and she says horrible things to him sometimes, like really horrible things that you sit there and think, oh gosh, like this is a very toxic relationship that I'm witnessing right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's interesting when Kyla comes mm. into the mix as an outside figure, although she actually becomes very central to the to the relationship, to kind of get her perspective, but to also see what kind of effect she has on both of the characters particularly you know when she's homeschooling Steve and how he reacts to her I I just think that adds another interesting dynamic to it well she's a buffer isn't she Diane for all that she isn't necessarily a a likable woman I I thought she was all right you know she's unapologetically just trying to get on with shit and takes no Mm. prisoners and is having a tough time but like the family unit is supposed to be and I say that with rabbits it's like two people and and the kids so that you've got a buffer so that when you're knackered someone else can do a bit of the heavy lifting I say this as a child of a single mum I'm very aware that we've got a single mum with with Jen and it is like no wonder she gets she loses a rag because she is exhausted by it all yeah yeah I thought they're very clever aesthetically as well and I know like obviously casting wise it's really clever because they've both got faces that can go from angelic slash beautiful to gargoyle like terrifying like he particularly pilon has got this angelic face and then he'll just screw his face up and he he can look as ugly as what he's spitting out to people in the street and to his mum and she has a similar thing she goes from being like incredibly attractive to scream in harpy very very quickly mm. but she she is a tour de force you know the first time you see her and she's already you know she's got this chewing gum in her mouth she's just having a go at the lady in the institution <laughs> and she's she's just a force majeure you see her and you're like wow and she's just got this energy about her um, that I I was quite drawn to yes. throughout she yeah, really yeah. commands the camera every time she's on even before that, like we start with a car crash that she causes oh, yes, the car and she crash, shouts yeah. at someone that he's the cocksucker. You're like, oh, there she is. She's here. She's in yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really, I think the performances really, really do make the film. I think they're, they're just astounding. Agreed. Hello. Hannah here to give you 10 good reasons to subscribe to Standard Issue, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Number one, I've been on the phone to historian and TV presenter Lucy Worsley to chat about the Blitz spirit and her new documentary for the BBC. Number two, Mickey's been talking to Rebecca Watson about sexual assault, the self and her debut novel, Little Scratch. Number three. I've been on the blower to talk death, cake and body image with actress Katie Wicks ahead of the release of her memoir, Delicacy. Number four, 
Jen's got a date with journalist Nell Frizzell to talk about her new book, The Panic Years. And by date, I mean, of course, a Zoom call. Number five, I'm going to be chatting to Relate about how the nation's relationships are faring in lockdown and what you can do if yours is struggling. Number six, we've got a new flicking arriving soon and a new outside the box. Number seven, Mickey's going to be chatting to all-round excellent woman Kate Fox, whose bold and funny new volume of poetry, The Oscillations, explores distance and isolation in the pandemic. Number eight, we've got plenty of excellent International Women's Day content coming your way. Number nine, pressing subscribe means there's no chance you're going to miss any of this podcast goodness. And number 10, we're finally there. You will make us happy, which I know is your life's desire. Thank you. Absolute tip of the hat for those incredible female roles. To be able to have that breadth and to be allowed to be a middle-aged woman on screen, I think it's really good to see. Yeah, because they're both both quite bit of a cliche isn't it but they're both quite complex characters I mean I guess like you probably have a maybe I felt a bit more sympathy for Kyla because she seemed quite sort of I don't know I don't know why I have more sympathy for her um but but I felt like I did that is interesting actually though because Kyla she's a much gentler character because of that breakdown but she's a shitty mum to her own kid Mm. Like she's spending all this time over at their house and when her kid yeah. wants help with the schoolwork or is trying to get her to come in for a tea, she's basically ignoring her. Mm. She's bas- she's fascinated by Di and Steve though, isn't she? Mm. She can't, she notices them and she's absolutely fascinated by them and then they, they kind of become her all to her. They kind of become sort of a meaning for her to get out of the house. You know, she says in that scene where they're drinking wine together, this is the first time I've been out since we moved here. They present something really really exciting to her freedom exactly which makes the ending when she's having that final conversation with with Di even more heartbreaking for me knowing what they were to each other and Mm -hmm. what their friendship was and now what was happening you know that that kind of was the culmination of quite some emotional (laughs) gut punches as I've said yeah I guess they're presented as women who don't really have friends and then they meet each Mm -hmm. other Imagine not having friends. But I guess it kind of, you know, because she's obviously, I, I, I imagine Di is not necessarily the easiest person to befriend. <laughs> and Kyla is obviously kind of trapped in her own life with her own small child and they've just moved there. And, and yeah, so I guess they do kind of seek solace in each other, really, don't they? But I, I, I suppose they're both neither nice nor horrible. They're, mm. they're just, they are just, they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. They felt really authentic to me. All mm. the characters felt really authentic to me, despite the aspects of complete melodrama throughout the film and despite how outrageous it does get, the characters still felt really, really authentic and you follow them on, on this on this journey. Oh yeah, you could absolutely you could absolutely believe the situation they're in, couldn't you? You could absolutely yeah. imagine being the mother of a child who was hard work or, or difficult or yeah. Yeah, I saw one reviewer describe it as a big soap opera. And I think those heightened emotions, that drama, it it does feel like that. Uh, But yeah, thank you, Yosra, for consolidating the fact that I made the right decision not having children. I appreciate that. (laughs) It wasn't my intention at all. (laughs) Jen, if you you don't want to answer this, you don't have to answer it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as a mum, was it scarier, do you think, to watch than if you'd watched it pre-Lyra? 
do you know what i'm i'm so tired all the time now <laughs> that i don't i don't think i was able to access that particular emotion but um but i do i i don't know i think that uh i think that being a parent does change your emotional outlook like i i absolutely think it does um i i am so much more i was quite emotional anyway to be honest like pictures of cats and dogs would routinely make me cry but like like everything makes me cry now like I feel so emotional about all things that yeah I mostly just found it really sad mm-hmm. mm. I didn't I didn't it didn't really scare me or worry me but it, it, I, it made me feel really sad it made me feel very sad for him and very sad for her to be kind of trapped in this dysfunctional toxic relationship because you know you can I, I guess that's the whole point of the film you, you can leave a partner it might not necessarily be easy to do so if you're in a, an abusive relationship or whatever, but ultimately you can leave a partner. You can't leave a child. You can't mm. leave your parents. Or, or you can, but you can't do it particularly easily. And, mm. I, and I suppose that that's kind of the point, isn't it, that ultimately they, they sort of do. There's a really heartbreaking line that she says to him, and it is just before a massive gut punch, but she says to him, a mother doesn't just wake up one morning and not love her son. What's going to happen is I will continue to love you more and more and it's you who will love me less. But that's just mm. life and we have to get on with it. And it, it's true. that I, I mean, I am not a parent, but that, that thing of having something that you protect with every ounce of your being and do your best with it and then have to set free. I mean, it's terrifying. It's a wonder that mm. people can do it. Like It's funny you say that because... You know, I, I'm already experiencing that because she's so, you know, she's so little and she came out and she just needed me and, and I did everything for her. And obviously she still does, but she's getting bigger and bigger. You know, she used to take naps on me and things like that. And she does, she already doesn't do that. So it is, yeah, it's, it, you totally relate to it. Like, and obviously that's going to get more and more and more and more as she gets older. And, and also, I guess it makes you think about your relationship with your own parents mm-hmm. and, and how, how much they, say. yeah, and how much they appreciate being useful when you're an adult I don't know if you if you have that with you you know like my dad when I was at uni would come and like tap the radiators in my house and stuff and (laughs) obviously that's the thing that made him feel useful uh and and he obviously took great pleasure in it I'm going a bit off topic here but but yeah you know what I mean but you're right it makes me think gosh I gosh am I you know I don't phone my parents as much as I should perhaps Mm -hmm. you know I'm not speaking to them as much and all of that it's it's again it's the same for me thinking about my relationship with my parents and that that line did actually stick with me um so I, yeah I, I totally agree with you phone your parents everyone yeah <laughs> especially in these times mm. Yosra thank you so much I don't think I would have I've known to even look for that no without your recommendation I'm sorry it was so sad but I hope you did <laughs> like the film in some way <laughs> no I, I think yeah I, I just think the performances again are just they were just so you know such powerhouse performances I think they were they were brilliant and I would definitely be interested in seeking out those actors again in something else for sure yeah agreed agreed it's a hit Jen it is your choice for next time when it will be you Yosra and Hannah what are you three going to be watching while I sit lonely, just staring at my laptop? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for my pick, I'm going to pick something which I think is going to be a little bit more uh, more harrowing for us all, so that'll be nice. Um, but it's a film that I saw at the London Film Festival, I think probably 
two years ago now it's called County Lines and it is just incredible so I'm very excited to see what Yosra and Hannah make of that I'll be excited to hear what you all make of it Yosra I'll see you in two months mate and Jen I'll see you anon (laughs) Standard Issue for all women.